Well, hello there. Come on in. Have a seat. Enjoy a beverage. And welcome to the Martini Lounge with Jonathan and Sergey. Hey, 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 you're back. Hello, it's another amazing Friday. I'm just going to do bad accents I throughout know, the whole show. You, that's fine. That's fine. Listen, it's it, hard what's because new, really? you're, you know, there's something new. <laughs> Plus, you know how it happens. Like, you have a friend, they have an accent, and so you automatically, even though you know. You know. You, you know, know that they're like, oh, you need to stop I that. know. You need to stop. I, exactly. I can't help Sometimes, it. Sometimes, like, one word will sneak through, and you're like, oh, no. Okay, I have a little story about this, oh, because one time um, at work, someone came in. I'm going to ask for their name, um, and he says, Daniel. And I'm Daniel. like, oh, hi, Daniel. And he's like, that's just my accent. It's <laughs> it. You guys pronounce it Daniel. <laughs> it's not Daniel. That it's it's Daniel. That's just my accent. And I felt like such a dick. It's <laughs> like, hi, Daniel. Nope, it's Daniel. You, that you're is just hysterical. a fucking asshole. Yes, you're an American. Daniel? That is so good. <laughs> Sorry. I know. But like, he didn't say anything else to give me the context that he had an accent <laughs> right? except his name. name. Daniel. Daniel. I thought that was his name. Maybe I, it was he didn't people, have an accent before. People yeah. have weird ass names. Yeah. I, so that's you don't what know. I, thank you. I was you like, maybe know. his parents are a little hippie and they're just right? like, hey, listen. They instead of be. Daniel, it's Daniel with it's an H exactly. and a Y. Okay. My name is Ladasha. Yeah. You pronounce Fucking Ladash. Thank you. L-A-A. Yes, I'm just saying. So, somebody. <laughs> These things happen. Um, that I know wants to name their son Cash. And I'm like. Okay. And Carrie. And thank you. Or I was like, why don't you put a dollar sign on that and make it cash money or something? Yeah, like, right. wait, don't call them it cash. It was a thing. It's, it used to be an old, like, like a country name. Like, like if John you lived cash. in Nashville. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. No. no there are two appropriate ways to call your child cash. If their real name is Kashish or something right? like Indian. I don't know. Yeah. Kashmir or something. Yeah, something. <laughs> something. <laughs> or if that's the name of your dog. That's a cute name for right. a dog. Cash. There are appropriate right. names for your pets. Yes. That and appropriate names for children, but Sometimes very rarely mix. should they should Exactly. They cross. You're not going to call your son Rex. Did you know, <laughs> right? Well, you know in New Zealand, sure. it has to be it's government sanctioned. Like you it has to be approved by the government what you're naming your child. Oh, and same there was with a story yeah, where that's so yeah, weird. there was a story where they <laughs> so took a little girl from her parents yeah. until uh, they gave her an appropriate name. What? Cuz I forget what name she had, but <laughs> yeah. it was not going to happen. You have a very inappropriate name. <laughs> I just want to know what that it's name like is. People like people who name <laughs> your children after like uh, fashion labels. Yes, you know, that's, yeah, it's just, I know. Don't. This is, these are the twins, Dolce and Capone. <laughs> I know. No, this is Michael Kors. That's his first name. <laughs> that's his full first name, so Michael all Kors. All together. Can call him yes. Kors or Michael. Michael yes, Kors. Exactly. It's just, yeah. it's too much. And then people get real creative with names, but in a not in a good way. Like in a way that they're trying too hard, and they're trying to be ironic, and yeah. they're trying to be a celebrity. I mean, yeah, exactly. Blue Ivy. I know, right? Northwest. Oh, what the goddamn hell is exactly. this? Why, why, why is this do you happening? hate your kids? Yeah. <laughs> why do you I mean, hate them? Also, you can them. tell like the the type of person it is oh, by the yeah. cool, quote-unquote, yeah. cool name they choose. Like, if you name your child Franzia, I'm judging you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's a box wide. I know. Thank you. have you. declassed Not, your it, child. You have. Yes. You have. Yes. How many people do you think that were born on the eclipse whose name is are now eclipse? Oh, you know that's gonna happen. That's horrible. You know that happens. Well, Somewhere yeah, in the kids world. that were made during. Oh the my gosh, you know, that oh, was you happening. You were born on an eclipse. You're yeah. an eclipse. Ooh, the sun oh. goes down. Let's do it. Exactly. Oh, okay. Oh, it was but dark listen, for two seconds. So eclipse it if is. You've been dating a while, or you're married. No. You'll take it when you get it. That, <laughs> okay, let's go. Right, let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> it's the nighttime. Let's Just, do this. Yes, right. <laughs> oh, sun goes down. Listen, I was in a committed relationship, and it gets very, very, very structured. And okay. I don't do well with structure. I don't know if you've noticed no, no. that about me. Yeah. I don't like structure. But, well, yeah. Yes and no, because it's you like... for me. You, right. <laughs> you like to plan things out, but then kind of oh, do it yeah. your own way anyways, you know? Yeah. That is true You like to plan, statement. but you want it to be loose. Wow. If that you know is what so I mean. weird. Uh, a loose... A, you want it loose, but 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 firm, you yes, know? Yes. Very are, planned out. Two of my favorite uh, <laughs> words. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, I know now I'm like, oh, crap. I yeah. need to go therapy again because i'm like why yeah i'm a control freak but i'm not i i want to confuse yeah. myself yeah that's yeah, my goal exactly. that's <laughs> all you need is yeah. to confuse yourself I love that's it. all I you love want it. i'm good at it that's okay speaking of therapy i know we are going to be talking to our, our favorite, favorite 
therapist. Favorite therapist. Favorite. Relationship sex mm-hmm. therapist. Mm-hmm. Counselor star. Counselor Supreme. Yes. How's that? That, way, that's a, that sounds like Supreme Counselor. And that's. Right. that's I'm mm, so confused too much, again. Too much. Confused. Go ahead. <laughs> Carry on. Carry oh, on. Oh, Haley from Manhattan. Of course. We are excited because, of course, you know who we're talking about. He's on every month. It yes. is Damon L. Jacobs. Jacobs. Um, of course, he's got some great books out there, Rational Relating. He does. Uh, absolutely, absolutely shouldless. shouldless. That's um, that's a good one. But guess what? He's mm-hmm. he's going to come to our neck of the woods. I'm really excited. We are clear across the nation, and he will be here I know. Uh, in Spokane, Washington. So he's going to be in the Pacific Northwest, Whoop-y. and he's going to be doing one of his famous prep talks. Yes. Uh, prep talk, Preparing for Pleasure. Preparing and it's going to happen pleasure. Saturday, September 30th at 4 o'clock. And if you're in Spokane, it's down at the River Point campus. There is no admission fee. So you can go. You'll want to get there early because yes. yeah. we're going, oh, obviously. Yeah. Oh, duh. It's our boy. We've known him for yeah. years now, and we've, n- we've never met in person, so we're going to fix that. We are. We're going to go meet him, probably have drinks later. You yeah. Know? Figure it out. We better. Figure it out. Come on. Really. He, he, here's we the know thing. The, oh, the real reason he's coming here is it's to meet us. For, yeah, That's exactly. Right. Come on. That's the only reason anyone comes to Spokane anymore. For Come real. For <laughs> real. Oh. So I think, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about this when he's on. And we have some Mm -hmm. questions about, you know, prep and and things he gets in these talks. But everyone should go, especially if you are thinking about prep, if you're on prep, if you're a gay man at all. I mean, I think this is such an important conversation. And Spokane has never had this. I was going to say, and especially in Spokane where we tend to be more conservative, uh, I'm excited. But I always love when he comes on because people love to hear a show because we're always talking about things that no one's. Going to talk about. Right. I get that a lot, saying you guys just say everything. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, it doesn't help good. anybody if we're trying to be all prudish and giggle. <laughs> you said, you said cock. <laughs> Can you right. please do that? Yeah, I, every time, time. Next time you see a dick, just be like, <laughs> that's a cock. Because yeah, that's super attractive. Uh, <laughs> it's like, they um, will leave. They will yeah, actually yeah, exactly. leave. Exactly. Like, I'm on my knees already. Why am I doing <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that gross. makes them think it's so cute. And no, oh, yeah, never right. tell a man you think his cock is cute. Yeah, I, that <gasps> ruins everything. Because they're like, are you dick calling that, it mm, small? I, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you can say cute, but yeah, you can never say cute. Dick. No, 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 no. That's no. where they draw the line. What, what? Okay. What's funny is I was talking to a friend who just got on prep. Oh, good. Yes, I, I, I was like, hey, good job, like, good job on your life, life choice to, yeah. to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I'm happy you are taking control of your sexual yeah. health. Um. But what he said is that he was the first one that his doctor had prescribed prep to. His doctor didn't know anything and wasn't going to do it until he Most was demanding about don't. it. Yeah, you have to educate your own fucking doctor. How ridiculous is that that we're paying them so much money? They don't even know about this shit. This no. is why this is so important. That makes I, me and sad. that's not the first time I've heard that. No, it I is get not. that it's relatively new, but relatively new is like five years. It's been I out was going to say five years, and it actually has been a drug for a lot longer Since than 2002. That. Yeah, it's exactly. Just what we're using it for now. Is, 2000. Is new. Yeah, five years. The FDA approved for this purpose. I mean. Come on. I can't listen. And this is the listen. same drug they use for to treat HIV patients anyways. Yes. Listen, come I... Come on. No shame in the game. Love Spokane. You guys go yeah. with this. Come on. Get better. Get That's all I'm saying board. to you. That is bullshit. Well, how much do you think that is the doctors not wanting to know? And how much do you think that's actually, you know, the drug company not pushing it hard enough? I don't think it's the drug company not pushing it hard enough because drug companies love money. They do love money. Um, They do. Part of it, I won't say it's all, but part of it I do think is the doctor doesn't want to know about it. It's Spokane. That totally makes sense Yes, exactly. I think part of it is that. And I do think, you know who I say Hmm. needs to take some responsibility? Our regional health district in our area, it should be the regional health districts across the country that educate the doctors about something like this, Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. in Washington State where we have made a stand saying we're going to end new infections by 2020. Yes. Listen, girl, that is like two years away. Exactly. Two and a half years. I'm pretty sure we still have not ended AIDS here in Washington. And we have not reduced new infections by 50%. No, we haven't. They've increased. So I think between the partnership of I want to be naive as yes. a doctor because I don't agree. Yeah. To, and one of the questions we're going to talk about uh, that Damon sent over, we're going to talk about that mm-hmm. very thing. What mm-hmm. happens if your doctor 
director doesn't agree. Right, And right. they have a specific agenda of their own. Right. And part of it is there hasn't been a push for education, especially not in Spokane. Mm -hmm. For We have great, great organizations like Spokane AIDS Network that tries, tries, pushes, pushes, but it's not enough. We need yeah. a larger effort right. on there. Yeah, and which is why I'm really super excited that, that he's, he's going to do yes. a, a talk here, and I'm yes. really hoping we can yeah. get a lot, I know, a lot of gay men, we and need, a lot of people in general, but a there, lot yeah. of gay men, and even some doctors. Yeah, you know what? This would be a really good thing for doctors. Mm -hmm. If you're a doctor, and listen, or know a doctor, or yeah. your dad's a doctor, if you have a training program for your doctors at yes. your medical facility. Make them make do it them as part of their here. training. What the yes. fuck? Yes, yes. Why isn't that a required thing? I, I don't understand at all. Listen, I've had my caffeine and I'm worked up. Thank you. This is. No, We're but I think it's extremely important. You. People at work will ask me yeah. all the time uh, because I'm open, mm -hmm. you know, especially with my Correct. coworkers that Correct. we're pretty close. Yeah, they don't know and no, they don't know about prep. No. They don't know what it of means. Of course, they, well, to they have don't have that to. open so conversation is yeah. good to say. Well, listen, some yeah. guy asked me, "What does it make you not care about anything? You're just going to go crazy." I'm like, "No, I mean." The truth is there's lots of things to know about PrEP. It does protect you against one very specific, yep. one very deadly disease. Yeah. Uh, there Nothing are other else. diseases to be aware of. Yep. Um, and yeah. we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, in this next right. uh, half hour when Damon is calling in so we can talk about that. But lots of important conversations. And lots of misconceptions out there. A lot of misconceptions saying, well, listen, uh, people who do this are going to get other things because they don't care they're not. Pre no, it's Guess risk what? reduction, first of all. People who don't. Do yeah. this are also, are also going, going to, get to other things. Yes, and, and also maybe just, HIV. Like that's, that's on the You're taking that's, that off the table. Yeah. Yes. You're trying to focus this on something that isn't there. Right. The fact is, people get STDs. Thank and you. guess what? That's yeah. part of what happens when you you have sex with each other. There's yeah. no shame. It's just a thing. It's just a so thing. So the problem yeah. is we need to readjust the right. perspective of how we're addressing this. Because you're right, people are saying. That's the things they're saying. Or mm -hmm. You're going to be more promiscuous. You're going to probably be the same, the same amount, amount. Of, yeah. of sexually active as right. you were before. Right. I think promiscuous, the word promiscuity, has such a negative, uh, mm -hmm. such a judging right. connotation to Slut it. Slut shaming, very which much I think, that, yeah. So I, don't, I choose not to use that. But you're yeah. sexually active, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. And people who, who, who judge others or you know put that uh, stigma on STD specifically. Oh, for real. Here's the deal: we're you're having sex. That's okay. That's where your problem is: is you're not okay with sex because you don't that's give a exactly fuck about right, a disease. Because it's just what goes exactly. Happens. We eat food and we get foodborne <coughs> illnesses. Disease is gonna happen in yeah. life. Period. Whatever period. you're doing None doesn't matter. If it's sex, it. if it's, it's just sleeping happens. on the couch, if I it's know. you know you got a cold. It's yeah. all the and listen, same we've all, thing. Well, most of us have had yes, that. So I mean, exactly. that's part of what my favorite uh, part of these shows when we when we right. have this amazing man on is we have these open conversations. So listen, we're not going to wait any longer. We've been talking to you, telling you he's back and he's coming to our neck he's of the back. woods. We want to welcome Damon L. Jacobs to the lounge. Hey, Damon. Hey, boys. Hello. How are you, sir? Happy Sunday. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah to that. Hallelujah. I'll take the weekends anytime I can get it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> hey, all day, every day. We've just been talking about how excited we are because you're coming to the Pacific Northwest. You're here in Spokane. I sure am. Uh, I'm yes. going to come right with you. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get the town ready. I know. Hey, we'll get right, shape. <laughs> Listen. Now, have you been up to the Pacific Northwest before? I have never been to Spokane before. Oh, I was in well. Seattle recently, but oh, not that's, actually that's right. Spokane. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you will you will see we are we are quite different in in I guess Everything. how it looks. Everything. Everything. Yeah, it's like mm -hmm. a whole different <laughs> state. It's, exactly. Yeah. Don't. It's not even Seattle. It's no. like so I love me some I love me some Seattle, but it's definitely different. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> well, well, we're excited. Well, I cannot though. wait. Yeah, I know it's <laughs> going to be wait. amazing. One of the things we're telling everybody is uh, you are actually going to give one of your famous prep talks, Prep Talk Preparing for Pleasure, here in Spokane on Saturday, September 30th at 4 down at River Point Campus, uh, sponsored by Eastern Washington University and, of course, Spokane AIDS Network and the Regional Health District. Um, how excited are you to bring that, especially to the conservative side of Washington State? I'm sure excited, and I can't wait to see you guys. I can't wait to do this prep event. I hope people that are listening and want to come to this event, because it's not just about prep, and it's not just about taking a blue pill. Right. What prep really means to me, and for thousands and tens of thousands of others, 
is an opportunity to live more empowered, more in control, more in decisions about our own bodies and about the kind of connections and, and sexuality that we want to share with others. And that PrEP is kind of a bridge to having these wider discussions than we were able to have before. It doesn't solve problems, but it certainly gives us an option and a tool that wasn't previously available right. until a few years ago. Right. And so I'd say anybody who is interested in just thinking about this idea of being proactive, responsible, and empowered about their pleasure and protection, come to this event. Come yes. visit us. Come mm -hmm. say hi. And, and I welcome debate, too. I mean, people don't have to agree with what we're saying. People right. don't have to agree with me. Come to the, come to the event and disagree with me. Well, you're, you time. are you are coming to the right uh, town for lots of weird. Uh, oh, sorry, weird is judgmental. <laughs> lots of different, lots of different. Oh, okay. Yeah. Different opinions. But we were just talking in the intro about how we're excited because I think uh, Spokane, being as conservative as it is, you know, we have friends that are going on it, and friends who consistently say their doctor still doesn't know. About and so many drug. don't. Yeah. And so I, I know, and that's why we're excited that this conversation will begin. But it's sad because there's still so many gay men in our community that still don't know enough and their doctor mm -hmm. isn't willing to educate them right. on this. And so I, I think this is exciting. And I'd say, please invite those doctors. Again, yes. not because I want to fight with them, but just yes. because I'd, I'd love to ask them. What yeah. happens when a woman comes to you asking for yeah. a birth control pill? Right, exactly. What happens when somebody says they want an, a, a, a minor says they want an HPV vaccine? Exactly. Uh, you know, what happens if somebody has syphilis? Do you deny them a cure? Right. But these are all the arguments that are used against these various tools that have been leveraged against the press. Yes. And I just think, not that we have to argue, but just let's have a discussion about that. And let's yeah. just talk about what that means for medical providers and consumers, and I say consumers, not patients, yeah, consumers, yeah. To, to have these discussions and work together as a team instead of in this sort of hierarchy, you know, authority level dichotomy, right. which sometimes leads right. people to be alienated from healthcare. Yeah, absolutely. And to where absolutely. I think uh, this moralistic aspect in the healthcare is, is problematic. At times, a lot of and the times, it can yeah. Be, yeah. And so I think Absolutely. it's a it's an important discussion to say what is on this team. What part do you want to play as my doctor? And this is the part I'd like to play. Is this going to mesh? Because I mean, you need to know mm -hmm. where they're standing mm -hmm. so you can know if you need to move on. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And and we're thinking about this idea of prioritizing medicine over morality. Yes. yes. Prioritizing. Data over dogma. Yes. These are really important concepts to get forward to the medical community and to give to the consumers who may have providers that would not come to an event like this, right. but then can go back to their doctors or their nurses and, and say, you know, I would like us to talk about science over stigma. And what does that kind of conversation yes, look like? Exactly. I love I love those little little bits. Science over stigma, data <laughs> over dogma. Love that. Can we get t-shirts? I Let's want a t-shirt with data cool. over dogma. Data that, over dogma. I want that. I want man. that. Now, Damon, from this conversation that you have in this talk, there obviously comes a lot of questions based in either misconceptions or fear or worry or all of that. And you've kind of sent us over some of the ones that you've heard before. So why don't we delve into that and kind of address those? Um, and, and the first one is that uh, this, this listener is writing it. Uh, my doctor told me not to have too much sex on prep because if you have too many prop, uh, partners on prep, it won't work as well. Is that true? No. <laughs> so actually there, there is, a, there, I've heard a lot of this recently and there's a reason why this particular, um, sort of rumor or fear is going around. And let me just quickly break that down. First of all, there were over 12,000 people who participated in what we call the efficacy trials mm -hmm. and the demonstration projects. And those were initially that told us, does this thing work? If somebody takes this blue pill four or more times a week, does it work? And we have over 12,000 examples of people who took this during the trials and, and saw that it did work. And in order to be in a trial, you had to be pretty damn slutty. Right. So you had to be. <laughs> you, I should have been in that trial. Be, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you had to be sexually active. You had right. to be at acute risk of acquiring HIV. So we know that there were a lot of people, both in these trials and in real-world settings, 
who were very sexually active with multiple partners, some of whom were living with HIV, who had a detectable viral load, and, and none of those people acquired HIV when they took this pill as prescribed. But, but here's the thing, and here's why this rumor came up recently. There is an example now of one clinical, um, what we call a demonstration project, meaning looking at how PrEP works in the real world. There is an example of one individual in Amsterdam who did acquire HIV while he was using PrEP consistently. And we know that because he was in this trial and they were looking at his blood on a regular basis. So mm -hmm. they knew that he was taking the drug and we knew, they found out, that he did acquire HIV even while using PrEP regularly. Right. And that brings up this question that was asked right here. So, so does that matter? This person was someone who was having about, they said in one month, he had about 70 partners a month. In a given month. And I'm like, and he was in his 50s. Yeah. And he was also using a lot, a fair amount of crystal meth. Oh, wow. And also had several other um, sexually transmitted infections. Mm -hmm. And that, all of that is just to say, do these other factors right. um, impact PrEP's efficacy if somebody is having a lot of sexual partners in a short period of time and using crystal and right. acquiring STIs? Uh, and, and honestly, we don't know, because we do have this one example now where those may have been variable, but there's lots of people, there's over 200,000 people in the world who are using PrEP, yeah. some of whom are having multiple partners and using crystal meth and, you know, have STIs come and go. So honestly, we don't know, but that's why I think this rumor is coming up a lot more recently, mm, because right. we do have this one individual in Amsterdam, right. one out of 200, over 200,000 who did acquire HIV while having multiple partners. And people say, so what do I do with that information? Does it matter? And I'm like, honestly, we don't know. I yeah, mean, you know, right. it, this is, but you need to live your life the way you need to live your right. life. Yeah. I, 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 there's 133 people who died crossing the street in Manhattan last year. Right. I still cross the street in Manhattan. Yeah, so, right. you know, we, 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 I, we said this before in the show, we all kind of mitigate risk every day. Right. You know, yes. there's more risk. Statistically, I'm more at risk getting on the plane to visit you boys in Spokane right. than I am of actually getting um, HIV while using PrEP every day. Yes. But we all need to mitigate risk the way we need to mitigate exactly. risk. And I think... And, yeah. and we can't negate the fact that there, it, this has been around for, you know, like five years now and that the, and we have this one example. I mean, you have to look at that too and say, obviously it's helpful, you know, whether yeah. we don't know about this specific incident or not, you can't deny that it, it is a helpful drug to keep people from getting HIV. You know, right. I feel like a lot of times we, we are extremists and we throw the, as they say, the baby out with the bathwater. Um, mm -hmm. And I think we need to remember that, that the fact is, yes, this happened, and there's always risk whether you use condoms or, you know, whether you have this drug. But the fact is, don't take away the, the fact success that this, rate of the other side. Yeah, yeah. this has yeah. a success rate. It's yeah. huge. Absolutely. Well, and, and there's a brilliant doctor named Tony Felci, and he is fond of saying that perfect is not the enemy of the good. And what that means is that we don't want to do, like you said, we don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. This is yes. not all or nothing. There is no 100% in medicine. Even birth control pills yeah, are not exactly. 100%. Right. And so we think about, okay, how am I going to be proactive, responsible, and empowered about the kind of pleasure and protection I enjoy? Yes. And for some people, PrEP daily and multiple partners is a way to do that. And for, you know, you can still use condoms with press. That's yes, not a problem exactly. It's just up to every individual to decide that for themselves. Yes, and just all I ever say to people is, you know what? The decisions are always yours. Mm -hmm. Just make sure you're educated. Yeah. That's it. Just know what your risks are, and then it's your life. So, you know, yes. go live it. Want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. But, uh, that's why I'm excited about this specific, I mean, to actually have this conversation in this town is very exciting. Let's get to another question that you get in your practice um, as you do your day job. Let's, uh, it uh -huh. says, and this is fascinating to me because, of course, uh, Sergey and I have been getting lots of questions outside of the show because as more people listen to mm -hmm. the show, they'll catch your show and it's, you'll hear them say it's my favorite show because it's what they don't 
they don't talk about because they say we're so, you know, forward. We just talk about anything. And that's the whole point. Yes. And so one of it is, is we talk a lot about sex positivity and communication and relationships and understanding that sex isn't a one-size-fits-all. This next question is, I have been with my boyfriend for four years, living together for the last two years. We have great communication and agreements about sex with people outside the relationship. The problem is, it's embarrassingly difficult for me now to get hard with my boyfriend, whereas with strangers, it's so easy to get hard and come without any problem at all. What is wrong with me? I, uh, <laughs> so I'm so glad we're talking about this, and I'm so glad we're, we're, we're having these discussions, as, as we've had from time to time before, because this mm -hmm. is so common, yes. and it's so universal. And it doesn't just happen in gay nope, male relationships. It happens with lesbians. It happens with straight relationships. Yep. That when people are together... So, so I have a colleague named Esther Perel who wrote this incredible book called Mating in Captivity. Oh. And she so brilliantly outlines these holes in our brain which are sometimes in conflict. One says, I want a boyfriend. I want a husband. I want stability, security, companionship, comfort. And that's an authentic drive that some people have. But then this other part of our brain says, I want desire. I want passion. I want hunger. And, and part of desire literally is the ability to long for something, to be hungry for someone. So we have these kind of conflicting synapses going on here. One saying, I want togetherness. One saying, I want separateness so I can crave him. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, when these two parts of our brains are in conflict, we internalize that and, and ask this question this person is saying, what's wrong with me? Right. There's nothing wrong with you. This is absolutely human. This is absolutely universal. We sometimes have a much more difficult time enjoying sexual pleasure and orgasms with a primary partner than we do if we're having these intimate encounters with complete strangers. Mm -hmm. And that's not bad. That's biology. Yeah. That just means that for some people, there is a wiring that makes it more exciting and possible to get hard and have erections and orgasms with people you don't know as well as a primary partner. So let's just say for the moment that there's nothing wrong with you that's not bad. So don't blame yourself, don't blame your partner, or don't blame the relationship. But could there be a way, and this is the trick, and nobody in the world has mastered this, so if this person does, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> what, is the, what is the way to get your synapses or your brain or your desire or your penis connecting so that you can perceive this person who you might be living with, you might be sharing a bathroom with and eating and sleeping with every single day, how do you get your brain to perceive this person as an object of desire mm -hmm. after you have known them intimately and maybe had all of these you know, problems and communication problems we talked about in relationships? How do you still see this person as a piece of meat? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. right. Where is the healthy and, balance? And, yeah. And, and sometimes, so there's no easy answer to this and there's no right or wrong. But some of the ways that couples have talked about doing this is sometimes if they meditate, they can kind of get their brain centered in a way to say, there's a part of my brain that's going to deal with this person as my, you know, husband, companion, who I have to talk about the bills with every single day and, <laughs> you know, have to nag him about cleaning the dishes in the sink. Mm -hmm. And then the other part of my brain that if I saw him on the street right now, if I saw him at a club, I would jump on that so fast. Right, right. Exactly. And to get those two, to get those well, neurons firing together. Yeah. Well, and, and part of that, maybe they need to try, you know, they could try some role playing and see mm. if that changes anything. Mm. I mean, play the part of a stranger, play the right. part of a fire, you know, fireman coming in, the pizza delivery guy, whatever, whatever I, your fantasy is. I feel is. like you've done this before. Um, you know, I don't <laughs> want to confirm nor deny seven times this week. That's fine. <laughs> um. But you know what's. what's well, that, that is brilliant, and that's exactly what Esther Burrell recommends couples mm -hmm. do. She even, you know, if people have the ability to do this, she even recommends, like you're saying with role play, right. she even recommends that couples get a separate phone if they're able to do this. Oh, okay. Um, to have a separate phone. So one of the phones is for texting, hey, you know, uh, we got to pick up the kids, or you got to wash the car, or feed the dog, or whatever. 
One of the phone lines is for that. The other phone line is just for sexting. That it's is for, brilliant. I want Ooh. your ass. I'm gonna take you. <laughs> yes. Get ready. Yeah. When you get home. I'm gonna. I'm gonna jump that ass of yours. I mean, what? So the other phone line is just for carnal pleasure. Right. And the first phone line is for the daily ins and outs that you got to deal with. That's right. you know kind of a turn off. Right. Well, that's that is fun. brilliant. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, next relationship, I'm doing that right away. There you go. Two like, phone lines. Yes. Because it is. And I've been talking to a lot of, for some reason, uh, wonderful straight men have decided to confide in me a lot lately. And one <laughs> of the, it's true. And one of the things they talk about is this, this, uh, the sexual desire and this, what this writer is talking about, which is still wanting that connection with their, their wives. But it is more difficult as you, because it's mm-hmm. expected. It's not, you want the excitement. That's what I think strangers bring to the table. Right. And so right. I love this idea or the role play idea, mm-hmm. or it just takes effort and creativity. There you That's go. That's what it takes. There you go. Create something unique. I like yes. it. So, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one here. Um, th- this question is, I am now on prep and enjoying sex again for the first time in over 25 years, but and now I'm afraid of other things. Although I no longer worry about HIV, I find myself worried about gonorrhea, hep C, and all those other things. How do I stop worrying? I think this one's common. Oh, I think yeah. this one's very common. Oh, yeah. Yes, again, what if, this is such a, I've been teaching about PrEP now for five years right. around the U.S., and occasionally outside the U.S., and, and this is definitely um, a, a question and a concern I get all the time. And, you know, so you guys, we've talked a lot about how conditioning mm-hmm. affects how we feel and, and how we relate to others and, and how we engage in, in intimate sexual connections. We have been... And, and, I mean, those of us that are older than the age of 36, um, we have been conditioned now to be afraid and traumatized by HIV for the past 36 years. And for people under the age of 36, they've never known a time when one could be sexually active and not be concerned about HIV. And so suddenly, with PrEP, we're seeing that this gives people a sense of agency, a sense of efficacy, a sense of empowerment and control that we have not had for over 36 years now. But just because we know that rationally, it doesn't take yeah. away the conditioning. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take away what we have been told. And when I say we, I'm talking about that as someone who has felt that way and also yeah. someone who has worked in this field for 25 years and was part of the system that was telling people to be afraid, yeah. afraid of their own bodies, afraid of other people's bodies, afraid right. of semen, afraid of anal sex, afraid of pleasure, that there has to be punishment, that there has to be retribution or payment if you enjoy too much pleasure. And literally, the consequences could be death. Yeah. And I will, I will take full responsibility for being part of that message for many, many parts of my career. Mm-hmm. But now that we are changing that, it's like the brain doesn't just like suddenly say, oh, okay, I'm, I'm not worried anymore. It's like right. we're still conditioned to be afraid. Yes. And now that gets translated into people's fears, mm-hmm. um, sometimes, uh, right. about people's fears of gonorrhea and chlamydia and syphilis and FC. Now, to me, you know, these are real things. Oh, these yeah. are very real factors, and, and this is why everybody who's using PrEP, and I'd recommend anybody who is sexually active, whether they're on PrEP or not, get tested every 90 days or more, just, mm-hmm. just to make sure. And if you are getting tested, make sure they are doing a rectal swab, because most sexually active gay and bisexual men have never received a rectal swab um, outside of the major cities. So yeah. when, we go, when we talk about this in Spokane, we're going to talk about rectal swabs. But, yes! Uh, Yes, definitely. These are realities, and these are curable. Yeah. They're not fun. They're, they're a little mm-hmm. embarrassing. They're a little bit awkward, but they are curable. Exactly. And they're manageable. Exactly. And, and I'd say to this person and to anyone who's listening, let's think about starting to change this discussion about fear yes. and consequences and say, okay, that is a reality, and let's be proactive about that instead of reactive. But at what point do each do any of us get to say, I want to have experiences without fear? It's right. not like I'm ignoring this. I'm not, I, I know that this is a potential consequence, right. but I don't have to live in fear or, or react to the fear of that yes. or let that fear stop me from enjoying 
present, you know, pleasure. Yes, exactly. Now, and I think what's diff- I think th- what's really difficult in the way I'm perceiving this question is you you talk about conditioning. When you've been conditioned for so long, it almost feels like you're wired that way. And I think so. Therefore, it seems so like how the heck do I rewire? Mm-hmm. How the heck do I get past the fear when it's been pounded in my head since I was a child? I think that's the the thing that we we let that fear alone stops us in our tracks of figuring out. But there's always coping mechanisms. Sure, it can take some work to get past it, but there's always a way. There's always a way. And, and also to think about this in context of how every day we mitigate fear. Now, right. if I go, let's say I, I go out tonight and I go to a restaurant and I get deathly ill and I have to go to the emergency room because of something I ate and I was food poisoned. Mm-hmm. That is a very real possibility of going out to a restaurant and eating food, especially right. if it's raw seafood. Yeah. But people do this every day exactly. and sometimes face the consequences that if God, you know, if they do get sick and if they do need medical attention, we don't generally, you know, point fingers and blame them as a seafood boy. Right, right. Right. Exactly. Well, yeah, <laughs> generally. See, and we I, laugh at that because it sounds ridiculous. It, it sounds ridiculous, exactly. Yeah, I, I, we have a lot of our morals um, and stigma in this. Oh. And, and the whole STD thing. I yeah. think it's crazy. And conversation yeah. changes that. Now, right. now, let's get to the next one. Now, this one hits way too close. Been there. A lot of us have been there for something like this. So, I just found out my husband had sex with someone else on a business trip. I am devastated. And I'm too embarrassed to talk about this with friends in my community where we are publicly known as a monogamous gay married couple. I'm not even sure if I want to stay together anymore. What do I do? Oh, I feel for this. And, right. you know, this has come up, and we've talked about this, and, and I, I absolutely feel for this person. And so what I'm about to say is not to sound insensitive. <laughs> but I do, and so it's with my heart and with empathy I feel for this person. But I would say if this person was in my office or if this couple was in my office, I'd mm-hmm. say, so what were the agreements you had? Yeah, what were yeah, the right. verbal negotiations, agreements, and compromises that you created about sexuality and about physical sexual contact with other people outside the primary relationship? And usually when I ask that question, I get this blank look like, well, what are you talking, you know, what do you mean? Yeah. We're married. Yeah. Right. And I have to say that that is not an assumption you want to make. You don't want to assume that just because you've taken vows or you've entered into a legal or, or spiritual agreement with somebody mm-hmm. called marriage, mm-hmm. that you are monogamous. Actually, most marriages are not monogamous. Right. Straight or gay. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think the, the key here, and, and I really, really do feel for this person because he's also saying that, you know, we're, it's hard for him, it looks like it's hard for him to get support because right. there's sort of this um, image, this public mm-hmm. image, this facade that he's trying to uphold. Um, perhaps there's pressure in his community of being, you know, quote, perfect, or being this ideal married couple. And I would say to this person, that is a lot of weight to carry, that my is, friend. Yeah. That's a lot of stress. That's a lot yeah. of pressure. But it's not unusual for, like, for, for gay couples, especially gay couples who are public, um, to to hold that that you know to to try to hold up to that image. Again, the irony for me, and this is just so weird, and we talked about this, is like how I, I'm all for marriage equality, right? right? But this idea that with marriage equality legally, we're sort of returning to cultural ideals that never existed. This heteronormative mm-hmm. um, Donna Reed kind of like. Right. Right, monogamous thing that that a lot of gay men are saying that they want to have, right. when that never really worked so well for Donna Reed or for the straight community. Yeah, right. Um, and and so why do we want to try to achieve something that never actually existed and yeah. causes so much suffering, like we're hearing in this letter? Um, I, I would say yes. You know, I, I'm so sorry this is going on, but maybe this event is is a bridge to a much deeper and more intimate and loving connection between you and your husband and a much more realistic connection between you and your husband. Yeah. Maybe this, this I know it, it, it hurts and it's a breach in trust and integrity, but maybe it could be a means 
to a much more um, deeper and more authentic connection with right. your husband. Yeah, and that's right. That's where it's at. Espe- yeah. yeah, and especially you know, communicate and reinforce those pillars you talk about in mm-hmm. rational relating. Reinforce, reinforce. It sounds like they weren't in this relationship. Right. Integrity and well, community and, and were, I, communication I think were broken. I'm not surprised. Like you say a lot that 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 mostly the reaction is, oh, that never came. We mm-hmm. never had that discussion yeah. because there's this assumption going in, and yet mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. can be that open, because I'll say I was. There's a guy I've known. I don't know. Th- uh, Quite a few years, God, like over 10 years. And we, I had this discussion with them about what it looks like in a relationship. And basically because I was open to talking about sex, he called me a whore. And then, so it's, what's very fascinating is it's important to have these conversations so that everybody knows where you're at. But boy, our culture is still not open. No, we're not there yet. We're not not even to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. That's why I think these are so important. Yeah, I totally agree. It is. And and I, you know, I was so naive because about 20 years ago when the whole Monica Lewinsky scandal was happening. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I was, I, that was the beginning of my psychotherapy practice in right. Berkeley, California. And you know, already working with open couples and helping couples create agreements and negotiations. And I really thought that that cultural conversation was going to lead us to a more authentic place. When Bill Clinton said, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Right. But in fact, he had, you know, had oral sex and yeah. received oral sex from her. And I thought, isn't this wonderful that we're actually can talk about this in a more sophisticated, deeper way about what is sex and what yeah. is monogamy mm-hmm. and what is quote-unquote cheating and how mm-hmm. do we create and define these terms in every single relationship. But clearly, our society did not go that direction. Right. No. Went to the opposite direction. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, and look, we even I, took that to to frame, uh, do a framework for the spouse. I mean, yeah. people were so, to put more shame on a spouse, like ashamed of her for not doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's funny how our, we just seeped it into everything mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we don't know anything mm-hmm. about in that relationship. Yeah. We love to judge. Right. And yes. And again, if, if, if he went to a restaurant and had a lot of different food with a lot of different people right. and got food poisoned, we wouldn't yeah. shake our fingers and, right. and call him a whore. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, but, but I, I've been called a food whore, so I, I'm really offended by that right now. Um, I just got to say. Well, that, that's that's I, true. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> and, and one, way, one more thing. You know what, you know what yeah. I say a whore is? A whore is an acronym for a wonderful Human offering responsible education. <gasps> that is my favorite thing. Yeah, I, that's the T-shirt. I, have, I need that. I that's have eight awesome. T-shirts from Damon <laughs> yeah, I that I need. I need. Also, that's, side yes. note, my favorite T-shirt that I hope you wear when you are here, sir, is the shoot loads, not guns. Shoot loads, that's not guns. That's my favorite. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That. I love I that. I that. Yes. Shoot loads, not guns. It's shoot a brilliant, brilliant T-shirt. <laughs> So let's yeah. let's let's get to our last question here before we before we wrap up. Um, this this is a question um, that I think a lot of people are asking due to where we're at in our political um, environment. And it says, my boyfriend and uh, and I have a very warm, fun, great relationship. The problem is, since the election, he has been obsessed about 45 and the news, and I'm scared about the world too. But my way of dealing with it is to stay busy, involved, and avoid unnecessary alarmist news story. He is drawn into them, and he can't sleep. So how do I help him? So I love this question because, you know, you noted that this is coming up a lot now. Yes. We are kind of in um, politically um, and culturally, we're in unprecedented times at different people. We're, we're kind of in this. I call PTSD, which is no. post, you know, President Trump's yes. stress disorder. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's now been um, over, it's now been nine months where we're kind of seeing, all of us are being regularly overwhelmed and shocked and for a lot of people traumatized on a daily, regular basis. Yeah. And we, uh, at least in my lifetime, I've never seen this before. And we're having, different people are reacting to this in different ways. So I see in this letter that one person is reacting to this by staying very busy and focused and kind of focusing on what they can change versus what they can't. The other person seems to be drawn into the news or the media or kind of getting obsessed with these stories. And I just, 
me to go back to my original premise at the very beginning of my work, which is that there are no shoulds, mm -hmm. there's no right mm -hmm. or wrong. Mm -hmm. This is really going to call upon these two people to have some empathy and to have some patience for one another and maybe use that uh, to, to practice a kind of compassion and patience mm -hmm. that uh, we are not seeing play out on a cultural, uh, political level right now. We're not seeing a lot of compassion or empathy uh, mm -hmm. playing out in the world at this moment. Um, but for these two people to say, you know what, right now we're both dealing with what is happening and we're both mm -hmm. dealing with it in different ways and there is not a right way and there is not a wrong way. Right. Perhaps there is a way that both of these two coping mechanisms can exist at the same time. And maybe they need to talk to someone or just talk to each other if they can to find, okay, it drives me crazy when you watch uh, the news all day. Right. Maybe the other person say, well, it drives me crazy that you're not paying attention to these issues. <laughs> right. And maybe there's a middle ground. Maybe there is yeah. a, a middle ground for them to find that's respectful and honorable that involves a little bit of compromise and, and change for both of them, mm -hmm. not just for one of them, but for right. both of them. Right. But there is no, I, I empathize. And I understand that this is happening and we're all dealing with this in, in different ways. And please just don't, um, this fear and this trauma that we're all facing, please just try if you can not to turn it on each other. If now more than ever, we really need our relationships to get us through. Yes, extremely. And, and I think other. stick together. And the yeah. way we, I think it changes. It ebbs mm -hmm. and flows mm -hmm. the way. I know the way that I dealt with it in the very beginning. I was gung ho, full force forward. And then I now kind of go back and forth because sometimes I just can't. You need a break. I just can't you need do a break. it. Absolutely. I don't want to read the news every single day because I know it's going to suck. You know? And then so you kind of, you have to be kind to yourself as well. Right. You know, permissive to yourself. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I had on my Facebook page and still have up there a cover photo that was a quote from uh, from Audre Lorde saying that, that self-care is a revolutionary act. And Audre Lorde was a radical black lesbian feminist. And so mm -hmm, she was right. kind of on the outskirts of every, uh, on every level. She was considered an outsider and wrote a wonderful book called Sister Outsider. And she was saying that self-care isn't a luxury. It's something mm -hmm. I do as a radical political act because for me to prioritize my body, mind, and spirit is a radical act in a culture that wants me to dismiss all of these things. Mm -hmm. And I think her words, especially now, at least for me, um, really resonate because when I do this work and when I talk with you and when we talk in Spokane and when we talk about prep and we talk about pleasure, now more than any other time, at least in our lives, that is a radical political act. It is. And so it's, it, and that's how I'm reacting to this. And it doesn't mean that I'm right, and it doesn't mean other people are wrong, but it does mean that I do have empathy and regard for how others are dealing with these very um, strange and confusing times. Yes. And in terms of this couple that we're talking to here, and the, the one who wrote in, um, you know, I'd say just, to, if, if, I'm not sure if they're living together, but if they are, can they go to separate corners? Perhaps right. the partner who's obsessing on the news can limit that. Just say, okay, right. uh, can we agree maybe between, uh, for one hour a night, I will watch the news. Uh, but maybe then we can talk about other ways to be kind and respectful to ourselves mm -hmm. and to each other yeah. that don't involve Rachel Maddow or, or yeah, the right. news or CNN. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, and yeah. I think it's all about meeting in the middle. Uh, right, I think exactly. every relationship is all about finding the middle mm -hmm. you know the compromise I mean? yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. well damon yeah. it, this has been a lovely conversation we talked absolutely. about everything everything like we do <laughs> and um we cannot wait for you to come down to spokane and again that's going to be september 30th that's a saturday 4 p.m riverpoint campus and that's going to be your your talk prep talk preparing for pleasure and it's going to so be so exciting. phenomenal because we need it everyone needs it and we'll we'll invite the doctors we'll yeah. send we'll send our doctors we'll invite a message. the whole damn town the whole damn town because <laughs> they need they need to yes. to be there they, they just need to and this is so exciting so glad we finally get you up here and we get to meet you I can't wait, and we're gonna do our we're gonna do martini lounge in person. I know it's gonna. I'm excited for yes. that live in yeah, person. Live in person in God. the lounge. Just, we'll, <laughs> just, we'll just get the arena. We'll yeah. just do a stage show. There it's you fine. go. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. David.
David, thank you so much. Please, uh, we will talk to you again. Please be safe on your trip and can't wait to see you, sir. I will. You too. I look forward to seeing you both very soon. Awesome. All right. Bye now. <laughs> Bye. And again, that was the incomparable Damon L. Jacobs. You can, you know what? Before he comes here, you mm -hmm. could go get his books because they're amazing. Yes, they. You yes. can get them where all books are sold, or you can go to Amazon and order them online. Of course, there's Rational Relating and, and absolutely Shudless, and yep, they're correct. both awesome. They're both phenomenal mom. Phenomenal mom. Phenomenal exact. mom. Like, exactly. Like your mom is yeah. a mom. Yeah, right. That. Anyways, so, <laughs> yes, I'm excited for him to come here. I'm excited for that conversation because you can ask your questions about prep. Hint, hint. Yeah. Anybody that's looking or is on prep or right. is a game. I would love it if a doctor who disagreed came. Only yes. because that's a good conversation to have. Absolutely. I want to see, you know, I want to see what is blocking the doctor. Mm -hmm. So what mm -hmm. is it that, that you have that's against it? And is it moralistic or is it a legitimate science yeah. concern? And right, I think that's right. an important conversation because in this country, of course, um, this, this, what do you say? You know, we put morals before medicine and yes. it needs to be flipped. Exactly. And it's been like that for decades mm -hmm. and we need, and we do need to take an active role, especially in our more conservative communities. Right, right. Absolutely. Because, yeah. you, you know, it's science over stigma, dogma, data over dogma. Yes. And, yes. Um, medicine over morals. And I shouldn't like that. that always I, be it? And that's the truth is why are we trying to, it's lives that we're talking about here. It's lives. Yeah, actual is human it, beings. Is it more moral to follow your stigma yeah. and your judgments yeah. against someone than to save a life? That's the that's question not, you need to yeah. ask yourself. And that's the problem that's, when, is when the you've problem. decided this yeah. thought in your head. Yeah, and what you're saying is that your life human is less important to me right. than your quote-unquote problem I would rather, or sin or sickness I would or whatever. I would much rather you agree with what yeah. I say. Yeah, I would much rather have you a do that because I could give a shit about you as a human. I just want you and that's that. to look exactly. like me, you can't talk like someone. me, act like me, and yeah. have the same journey as me. Yeah. Guess what? If you live in reality, no one does. No, not one. Not one person. Even the person who sits in the pew next to you at your yeah. church has different ideas of life than you do. Yeah. And that's wow. the beautiful part of life. Thank you. We're all here to be different, not exactly. the same. Exactly. And some um, of us are really good at being different. That's right. Exactly. We're all good. Um, but I'm excited. So yeah, everybody, this is Seattle, so probably aren't as many doctors that are as yeah, open. Yeah. Uh, but and that's why we need. And that's here. changing. Super that's gonna change. Exciting. That's gonna have to. So hey, we always bring you the best interviews, the best you of the best ever imagine. Yeah. If you want more of the Martini Lounge and more about Jonathan and Sergey, you can go to our website, JonathanAndSergey.com, as well as our social media. That's Jonathan and Sergey on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Find us on YouTube too. I mean, go look at it everywhere. Just go everywhere. We're everywhere. And then we'll just see you next time. Bye, bitch. Bye. The Martini Lounge is made possible by. Insert your name here. And also, we're looking for ads. And don't forget, you can display your business right here. The Martini Lounge can be found on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter under Jonathan and Sergey. And also our website, jonathanandsergey.com. Until next time, all you cool cats.